sitting there thinking how much um, I love that word, holy, when it comes to God. Do you know even what it means? Holy? If you don't, you're a lot like me or you're a lot like the kids that um, I teach at Front Range or maybe kids anywhere who have studied the Bible their whole life and they know all of the theological words and the right answers. But uh, be experienced for you sometime. You throw it to a class of teens and you say, hey, is God holy? They go, oh, yeah, He's holy. You say, what does that mean? Holy means separate, distinct, apart. In other words, when we give God the title, capital H, holy, there is literally no one, nothing, anywhere, anything, no one like Him. Because He is the only one of His kind. Amen? Amen. Holy indeed is our Lord. Thank you, praise and worship team. I love, I have to say... I love that at West Bowles Community Church, you can come and you can find an experience of God through laughter. Sometimes we need a God to laugh with us. Sometimes we need a God to walk with us quietly and tenderly. And sometimes we need that powerful God. And thank you, Steve and Craig and Praise and Worship team, for once again giving us a broad spectrum of who our God is and how we can experience Him There isn't anyone or anywhere that we can't be reached in terms of how God meets our every need. Amen? Amen. Thank you, guys. Well done. Um, Today is Super Bowl Sunday, yes? You know, and I decided, um, you know, it's been a couple of years and I've been teasing about the, and we've been teasing each other about Pittsburgh Steeler and the whole fan thing, and I thought, you know what? On Super Bowl Sunday, I'm just going to downplay it. So I, I didn't wear the colors. You know, so many people this morning. It's like, what was that applause? So many people, so many people this morning said, um, "Guy, where are your colors? You know, and why aren't you?" And I said, "Ah, you know, maybe the jokes got a little tired." And and then I come in, and then I come in, and there's like propaganda taped to the backs of the seats of the row behind me about how Arizona is going to destroy the Steelers. And I thought, now see. This whole thing that I started breeds that kind of... I know it's friendly, but, you know, it can easily not be friendly when it comes... So I thought I'd be serious today. We just, uh, you know, I, I just won't go there. So uh, let's jump right into the study of God's Word. And what I'd like to do is to start with you this morning by playing word association this morning. Do you know the game? It's like the, I say, eh, and then you say, eh. Now... Um, I've got really only one word in particular in mind, so we're not going to play very long. But um, let, let, let's give it a try. Now, first, first, I know I need to gear you up to play the game because I, I, I know how it is. It's church, and uh, somehow many of us at least, we're ta- you're not supposed to talk in church. You know, and no talking. No talking in church, and then there's the no running in church, right? No running with sharp pencils, scissors, or in church. This is what we seem to have learned. So, but for this morning, I, fear, I hereby give you freedom to talk during word association time. You can even blurt, if you like, as in blurt out. First thing that comes to mind when I give you my word. All right. Are you ready to play word association? Okay, now for this, I'm going to need my helper, so if he would come out and stand on the platform for me. All right, let's go. 
<laughs> Are you ready? Are you, what is the orange thing on him? Oh, is this like Broncos? Because it's AFC. So you're going for the sim- Why don't you come over here, bud? We're going for the sympathy Broncos vote too, right? All right. So word association. Are you ready? I say Pittsburgh Steelers. You say? Oh, I heard Super Bowl champions. What else? I say Pittsburgh Steelers. You say? Oh, yeah. Dominant. Good. I say Pittsburgh Steelers. You say? Best team ever. You guys are really good at this game. How about this one? I say Arizona Cardinals, and you say? Yeah, woeful. I say Arizona Cardinals, you say? Defeated. I know. I say Arizona Cardinals, you say? Pathetic. That's pretty harsh, but, uh, you know, the people of God, I guess, have spoken. So, anyway, give my assistant a hand here, and good job, Peter. You can go. Can you see where you're going? Okay. See, you also learned this morning, never underestimate the power of the one with the microphone, didn't you? Okay. All kidding aside, neither of these words was the word that I have in mind this morning. And I really do have a word that I'd like to um, camp around this morning. And so I am going to play a little word association with you. You can blurt it out if you like. I'd like you to. Here's the real word on my heart this morning. Okay? Here we go. I say church missions, and you say God provides. Money. Love. Oh, I can't hear more. Sacrifice. Evangelism. Service. Outreach. Necessary. Taking the what? Taking the gospel to the unchurched. I heard one over here. I heard prayer. Opportunity. Good. Very good. You guys really are good at this game. Well, excellent answers. I dove into research this past week and my research on that word missions. And i got to tell you, I found definitions and word associations and ideas about what church missions or missions means all over the board. Pretty much, pretty much every denomination or even every local church within a denomination, pretty much every Christian commentator who commentates on it Everyone seems to have their own, their own spin or their own emphasis on what missions means to them. And you know, maybe that's as it should be. There are many parts to the body of Christ and maybe different sorts of emphasis being expressed in different parts of the body on what missions is or how to do missions is exactly what God intends. And so if that's true... What do you think, what do we think the emphasis is on missions or should be at West Bowles Community Church? What is missions to us? Now, even though, even though there are many variations out there on this theme of missions, there are some unifying foundational aspects of missions. You said in your word association responses, Many of them I heard this morning. I, I'm going to highlight only two for you this morning. There are more than two, but I'm going to highlight these two. First, a church's missions needs to be about God's mission. To be sure, there are many ways now to describe God's mission in turn, 
But here's one way at least the Bible describes God's mission or missions. God's mission, according to the Bible, one picture at least, God's mission is that the world may know He is God. Or in other words, God's mission is to make Himself known. And I'm not talking about head knowledge only. I'm talking about that kind of intimate knowing that gets down to our very core and who we are. Uh, a knowing that eagerly, with all of us, accepts God, heart, soul, might, and mind, that God is not only God, but, but He is our God. Perhaps, perhaps the most powerful picture God gives us for what that kind of knowing is like is that biblical knowing between a husband and wife. A husband knew his wife or knows his wife, and a wife knows his husband. They know each other so deeply, so intimately, that they are one flesh, the Bible says. And that's the kind of, of knowing that is God's mission to the world. God's mission is that the world may know Him like that, so deeply, so intimately, that they in turn experience to their world or anyone in the world who knows God, they in turn share God with them. So once we know God and people experience us, it's just like they're experiencing God Himself through us or through those who intimately know Him. God's mission as making Himself known is seen throughout the Bible. In Genesis, God makes Himself known to Abram so that Abram in turn can make God known to the world. In Exodus, God really does everything but stand on His head to make Himself known to Pharaoh. He wants Pharaoh even to know Him. Why? So that He might let God's people go. And when Israel leaves Egypt, God gives them lesson after lesson after lesson in their trek there and in those 40 years. Why? So that His new people might know He is their God. And as Israel enters the promised land of Canaan, as soon as the people cross the Jordan, the Bible tells us why God dried up both the Red Sea and the Jordan, why He made a path for His people. The Bible tells us, God says, I did this so that all the peoples on the earth might know Me. We read that David, David threw that stone to kill the giant Goliath, Goliath. So, why did David throw it? He tells us he throws his stone that the world may know there is a God in Israel. And in the book of Ezekiel, oh my word, Ezekiel, as God reveals through Ezekiel all He has done and all He will do with each and every nation of the world, all He has done and is doing and will do, guess how many times in the book of Ezekiel alone, God describes and shares His great desire and motivation and purpose and mission that people will know that He is Lord. Guess how many times He uses that phrase? Guess how many times in Ezekiel? Very good! 58 times! There are some 58 times that God expresses His love and His desire and His missions 
that people know Him as God. And then, of course, there's Jesus. Jesus knew God is God. Now, He truly knew God in that closest, intimate sense, and not only because Jesus was and still is very God Himself, He is, and so He knew God that way, but Jesus also, have you ever considered, if you haven't considered it now, please, Jesus also knew God intimately in His perfect, sinless, full humanity. Jesus, as a man too, knew God. And so when Jesus says that anyone who sees Him, sees Him in the flesh even, sees Him in His humanity, anyone who sees this perfect human being who knows God so well, when Jesus says anyone who sees Me also sees the Father, He's not only making a theological statement that He is very God, in my opinion. He is. He is also saying that in His humanity too, His humanness, He is so close to God, He knows God so thoroughly well that when people experience Him, people experience God the Father through Him. And God's mission or missions is to have the world, to have us know God like that. Even as closely and intimately as Jesus did. So for someone to experience us then would be for them like they are experiencing God through us. We're that close to God. Closer even than a husband and wife. So one foundational aspect of missions is that it needs to be about God's mission to make Himself that deeply known to the world. Second, another stone in that foundation of missions is this. Missions involves people being sent. Missions involves people being sent. Now, interestingly enough, that word missions or mission is not found in the Bible. It's not there in the original Hebrew or Greek. The word missionary isn't even in the Bible either. The word missions, well, where does it come from then? The word missions comes from a Latin word, mito. Mito means I send. And so as we've said, God's purpose is to make Himself known. And then to achieve this purpose, God sends people. And so those who God sends, we called, well, mitoaries, like missionaries, which literally means, a missionary literally means sent one. Missionaries are people sent by God to be God's messengers and witnesses to the world. So, even though the Bible doesn't use the word missions or missionary, it does say a lot about God sending people from cover to cover. I mean, you consider Moses. He's sent. Or Samson is sent. Ruth, David, all of the prophets, Esther, I mean, our God is a sending, sending, sending God when it comes to His people. Get into the world. Get into the world so you can make, so I can make myself known through you. Get into the world, He says, all through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation. All of them missionaries, really. 
even though I don't know that we'd feel comfortable in our understanding of that English word and labeling Esther a missionary. She was. She was sent by God to make him known. The ultimate example of missionary. You ever thought of Jesus as a missionary? A sent one or the sent one? If you haven't, consider John 17, 18, where Jesus said, As you, God the Father, sent me into the world, He's a sent one. I, Jesus, have sent them, believers, into the world. God makes Jesus a sent one. And Jesus, in turn, sends us. And so whether or not you go to Africa or you go to the inner city, you are sent by God. All of us here are sent. You are all, we are all missionaries. Sent ones to somehow, some way, using our own giftedness in a variety of creative, wonderful ways, but ultimately sent to make God known in the world. Now, as a church... As individuals in this body, although we are all missionaries and sent ones, one thing that we do, we designate, we set aside specific people to especially represent us as sent ones. I mean, we're sent, and one way we can effectively be the sent ones we're supposed to be, one way at least is, is to pool resources and especially have, especially of those who are sent on our behalf. So sent ones, send ones. And we're no different than any other church, most churches at least, evangelical churches for sure, who uh, their lifeblood is to make God known. We set aside specific people to represent us as sent ones, especially to make God known. Now, in a minute, you're going to meet a bunch of them. But by way of introduction, as you know, We've been spending some time the last few months really talking about giving and finances. As any responsible church or organization is in these tough times. It's been especially on our hearts and minds given the tough economy, yes? And so this last week, this past week, we had Margaret Feinberg remind us, challenge us really with the generosity of God which shines brightest in the darkest times. Reminding us and challenging us that especially then, God loves a cheerful giver. And this morning, I hope, man, if you missed it, try to talk to someone who was there. If you attended our town hall meeting that we had downstairs, we talked about church finances and budget. And I won't go into the whole meeting, but just to share with all of you who couldn't be there, one thing we saw, one thing we saw is that we finished 2008 Remarkably well, in my opinion. Praise God, only only 1.6% short. Which, given the economy, puts us way ahead of the trends in churches and charities and nonprofits across the board. Some of whom are down 16 to 20% and closing their doors. And so, 2008, as we closed the books on her, was indeed a remarkable year of giving. And you know what? Praise God for that. Praise God for His faithfulness to us in 2008. Another thing we saw this morning, and you see it in your bulletins, and you'll see it in your bulletins every month this year, is that so far, so far in 2009, 
We're off to a good start. January came in around $6,500 or 7% more than we planned. And you know what? Praise God for His faithfulness through you in January of 2009. Amen? And I want us to know, I think we need to know and appreciate something more. Because if you're like me, I can so easily forget it in looking at spreadsheets and budget lines and line items and numbers. And for that, I'm going to need help. They've been whining about my request all week, but I don't care. I've asked the church staff to come up here this morning together with their families. So guys, if you would make your way and come up here, please. Yes, you too, the sound and light guys up in your nest. Come on down. Come on down. Please, come on up on stage where they can see you. Be careful of the candles. Come on up. Now, behind, behind all of those encouraging numbers that I just mentioned, Behind those encouraging numbers is, of course, our great God and His generosity. But let me tell you, this is, we, you need to know, we need to know. Let me tell you how God used, in a huge part at least, or in a huge way, His generosity. Let me give you the rest of the story that God is using to show His limitless generosity to the people and the families and more who couldn't be up here this morning because they're down chasing after your kids. Let me tell you the rest of the story on how God shows and is showing His limitless generosity through these people right here. As we adjusted the budget for 2009 as every responsible organization is doing and must do in this economy, take a look. Take a look where by far the greatest sacrifice is being made. The word on the screen says personnel. (laughs) And my friends, these folks and their families are our representative sent ones. Now, to be sure, one reason I know, I believe the phone calls and emails I got in response when I sent an email out saying, hey, would you guys come on up and like, oh, do we have to? And no, that's not necessary. And we don't really want to. And It's because they sacrifice it gladly and eagerly. Let me tell you, you see behind me on this stage the most extraordinary group of cheerful givers I have ever known.
I know that's extremely uncomfortable for you guys, and I'm sorry, but we need to, as a body, know who's so cheerfully making so great a sacrifice. It's not just a word personnel or general fund on an offering envelope. And for us to fail to fully appreciate that, and here stands the lion's share of your general fund giving. As they make their way down, I'll let you go. Almost made you stay longer, but I'll let you go. As they make their way down. Who's that guy on the end? With the, you know? Okay. Okay, Paul. <laughs> okay, I just saved some more money. Paul, you're fired. I mean, can I do that? I don't think I can do that. Now, you know what? These people you just saw up here, God asked us to do something for them and their families. We read it in such places as Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica where Paul writes to the church, and we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. That's the NIV. I love how Eugene Peterson in his translation, the message translates the Greek in cultural context underlying these verses. Listen. And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience to make God known. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love, God says. I gave today's message the title, The Buck Starts Here. What I mean by that is when you give and you're offering to the general fund of your church, you give ultimately in a big way, at least a lion's share, in some ways in every penny, those who we've designated as sent ones and missionaries to turn that money into getting God known out there in the world. Including getting God known out there to your kids and your classes and your ministry groups. Everything we do as West Bowles Community Church. So in the context of missions... In a very real sense, our missions starts here, too, with this group of people. Outreach needs to be in reach before it can be outreach, because otherwise, who's going to do the outreach? And we don't normally think of missions that way, but it's the foundational core of our missions. And for me, at least, maybe you too, that, don't, that doesn't normally come up in my own word association game with the word church missions. I normally immediately go to that part of missions that's out there locally and around the world. Important part. But before we go locally and around the world, we need to go here with these families who have bills to pay and who are being crunched by this hard economy just like you and I are, who are taking a 5% salary cut across the board. Again, a reduced salary for the last three years running. Gladly and eagerly and praise God and to work with such humble and sacrifice. 
Galatians 6, verse 10, one of my favorite verses. Paul is talking about how Christians should be about doing good things for people in Jesus' name. And he includes with this telling instruction, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And then this next line, especially to those who belong to the family of the believers. See, to reach out there, we need to especially reach in here, because in here is where out there starts. The buck starts here with these families and with you. So I'm asking you today, won't you please continue to support them? With prayer, certainly. Please pray. With volunteer help, when they ask you to volunteer. We still need ten people to volunteer for the littlest, tenderest ones among us. One to five-year-olds. Can you commit one Sunday a month to those little ones, please? With prayer, with volunteer help, and yes... With the money that God has given you and has given us to manage. With all of those things and more. With our time, talents, and treasures and more. Won't we please continue to overwhelm these sent ones, especially with our appreciation and love? At least everyone except the guy in the Arizona Cardinal shirt. God's mission is our mission, to do all we can to make God known in the world. And it's God who chooses to do this by sending people who already know Him into the world. And we in turn entrust and support certain folks especially to be our sent ones in their area of giftedness and ministry and call. That's where the buck starts, in here with them, before it can get out there to the world. And one P.S. From my heart and from our heart, on behalf of the elders and all of us on staff, it is sincerely a privilege to serve God by serving you. You make our job and our life and our experience of ministry here amazing. They all talk about it in all of their meetings. They're delighted to serve you. And they consider it a privilege and an honor, that, and they take it very seriously that, that be, they are being sent by you. So a huge thank you this morning to all of you and your continued faithfulness to God's mission and missions through them. Thank you very, very much. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for being so faithful to us. Thank you for showing us your limitless and overwhelming generosity, even despite tough economic times. And Father, we know we've been given an amazing tool in this facility. Father, would we be would you find us to be good stewards of this place? Fill us with creative ideas and energies and, yes, money if money is needed to do it. Fill us with all of that on how best to use this tool to make you known deeply to the world. Help us.
to use the tool that you've entrusted to us, this building, these sent ones, these people. Help us, Father. Help us to know how to best use it according to your will. We love you. And we ask all of this in the amazing name of Jesus, the Messiah, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.